right, we are back here talking Mandalorian Chapter 12, The Siege. After joining us today, our pop culture correspondent, we just referenced her a bit in the pick segment, Sam DeRose is here. Sam, welcome back. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, and people, long-time listeners of this podcast know that the first time I ever talked about Mandalorian on this podcast was with you way back in November of 2019. Oh, my God, 2019. If only we can go back to pre-COVID life, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely to go back to that. But, like, last time we were talking about this, we were breaking down Disney+, Plus. the first episode of Mandalorian come out. We had just seen Baby O enter our lives, and now he's become a cultural icon. Oh, my God. And I'm not going to lie to you. I put up my Christmas tree already because, you know, COVID. And I have one ornament on my tree, and that one ornament is Baby Yoda. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I need to get that Baby Yoda ornament. Where did you get yours from? I got it from Target. It was like $3. I was like, let's go. I'm excited. If it's going to be anything, it's going to be a Baby Yoda tree, and that's what I have. Yeah, that's always good. I have the Lego set, like the the little like head brick heads one of Mando and the child. So I need to build that. Oh, that sounds like fun. I love Legos. Legos are something you never grow out of. No, absolutely not. I have like a stack of like sets that I haven't had a chance to build yet. Like I, there was recently one that just came out. I think they had the Sesame Street house, like of like the first, Ooh. like with the Sesame Street minifigure. So like I like I'm like nostalgia. I have to get it. I want to get that too. It's but a little, it's little, Legos are expensive. Yeah, well, I I save on other areas of life. I will not get into what they are, but I do make some, I do budget for the Legos. You know what? That's a great thing. I I must not budget correctly if I'm not budgeting for Legos. So I think you're winning this like this life right now. Yeah, once the like maybe Lego Master Season Two, we'll get into more of the Baby Yoda and have a Baby Yoda challenge. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, and we talked about the Mandalorian back then. We were the first on the Baby Yoda craze. You know, he'd be a breakout star. And you've been watching this season so far. What do you think of the season to date, the first four episodes? I mean, I I just really love the season, uh, excluding, um, I know you're probably going to put the spoiler thing, but excluding the, like, the spider thingies. Um, holy moly, those give me the heebie-jeebies as much as I sound like a 1950s human being. Um, but I've loved this entire se- like season already, and I don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah, only eight episodes again. But like they're they're I think like Pete and I said a couple of weeks back, maybe they had ideas about seven, then they had to stretch episode two out into the Frog Lady episode. But I think this one was sort of a nice throwback of season one. Oh, it was a really great like throwback, and I feel like I'm super privileged to be your uh, correspondent for this episode. Like I was like. I watched it and you were like, oh, come on or whatever. I'm like, yes, this is great. This is like the best episode so far of the season, possibly, you know, for forever. Just yeah. kidding. I'm just hyping myself <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, for the, yeah, for the audience, like, a little bit inside baseball here with the podcast. So, like, Sam and I were talking off the air. We're trying to figure out what week to do this. We started kind of, oh, we'll do week four. And then I'm sitting here watching and we see it's, we're back on tomorrow. We have Grief Karga there. We have Cara Dune there. We have Antics with the Child. I'm like, oh, this is a perfect episode. It's probably like what we started with. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's like, it, and then, like, you kind of feel like, wow, everything's looking so different from when it first began, which I know we're probably going to touch on that very soon. But it's just, like, it's really cool to see. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm invested. I'm invested too. I think my personal opinion, I think last week was a little better than this week, but I, I like, I like them all. I think it's like, for me, it's like three, four, one, two. I think I my is my order. 
I feel like for the best, not just because I'm on this <laughs> one, uh, just <laughs> just for like the throwbacks and everything, but also for like the like little tease at the end as well. They do, and we are going to go ahead now. We'll go ahead and play the spoiler warning. All right, you've been warned. If you have not watched through Chapter 12, The Siege of the Mandalorian, get out. Go watch the episode on Disney+. Plus. Come back in 40 minutes after you watch it, then listen to the rest of this podcast. <laughs> but I will say, definitely fun. And I want to start at the top here because we have this episode, I think, is probably the most Baby Yoda heavy of the season. We start out like in the Razor Crest with Mando teaching Baby Yoda how to be an electrician. And somehow he has not <laughs> taught this child what they're seeing the red wire and the blue wire is. Yes, I thought that was so cute and so funny, like equally, because like you bond with people you're with, and it's just like Mando's like really bonding with the child, like he's becoming like Daddy Mando, which I shouldn't say, but I said it and I went with it. <laughs> yeah, well, Daddy Mando was not very kind to his kid because he got his kid electrocuted. <laughs> okay, tell me when you used to help your dad out or whatever. And he's teaching you things and you may mess up. It's just like, it's a learning experience. A little electrical shock to the system is a learning experience. Yeah, I guess. But then again, like, this kid is 50 and he has no idea what the colors red and blue mean. That is true. But they they explained why. So yeah. he's like 50, a.k.a. like five. Yeah. Maybe even two years old. But it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine, and when we still need to get the Razor Crest fixed because we still have the duct tape job that Mon Calamari did the last episode. So we go back to Navarro. Oh, my God. Our very first planet, and it was cool to go back. Yeah, like, like I was saying before, like, I just thought it was so cool. Like, I didn't, honestly, like, I, had, I went back to the first season to just, like, review what it, like, looked like, and it had a glow-up. The only glow-up was 2020. Yeah, they they won twenty twenty tomorrow. They've seen they really have conquered the uh, the spirits here because like the first season we see a lot of Navarro. It's basically like a hum for bounty hunters and outlaws coming Billy. Now we come back and it's like a legitimate trading post. It looks like they got like a nice little farmers market going. There's a school. Mm -hmm. It's a much better community. Yeah, it really is, and it's just like they want to keep making the entire planet like good again you know so i thought that was like you know they still have the same mission for the end all be all kind of deal yeah so we go back to there we get grief and car and Kara doing back again and i love grandpa grief how he's so excited to see the child again that was so cool <laughs> it was so awesome but you know me i think i'm hopefully i said it last time but i like Kara is probably like one of my favorite characters of the like series slash the whole franchise because she just is like just a, an ass kicker, basically, and it's awesome. Yeah, and Kara's kicking ass again. Now she is the marshal of the town because, like, sort of like our buddy Cobb Vanth back in episode one, she's in charge of keeping law and order in this town. And we do have a fun moment with her. I think they were trying to do their own sort of baby Yoda dynamic with her where they had her making friends with the lemur. Oh, my God, that thing was, like, hella ugly, but also super cute at the same time. And I'm like... I don't get this, but whatever. I'll just let it in there. It was kind of like a fluffer piece. Yeah, it was a little bit of a fluffer piece. And we do find out while they're there, they're going to get the ship prepared. And we drop the ship off. And we need to we have a meeting there. The minds between Mando, Kara, and Grief. And their goal here is, obviously, we're cleaning up the planet. There's one more Imperial base we haven't been able to purge. you got a couple hours to kill. Why not help us? So 
Once again, the, the, the formula of the show sticks up. It's like Manda rolls into town. There's a problem. Now he's going to try and solve the problem. I think this is a good problem to solve. It was a great problem. And it was a problem that they didn't realize how big it was that they destroyed. So they fixed a huge problem. Yeah, they did. And they also have another person with them. And this is another throwback to the pilot of the series. We get the return of Mithral, the first bounty Mando captures. Now he's trying to work off his debt as Grief's bookkeeper. Oh my god, he's so annoying. Like, yeah. I'm sure, like, that actor just does a good job because I'm just so annoyed. Yeah. Like, the entire episode where you're just like, dude, why doesn't he just get shot? But, yeah. like, then again, it's like Cooper shooting and they have no aim. Yeah. But, like, he, oh, he was just so annoying. Before we get back to him, like, do you what, what do you think of the joke last week when uh, one of the Mandalorians said that the stormtroopers that the stormtroopers couldn't hit the broadside of a speeder and we saw them make, miss everything yeah. last week? Yeah, no, no, no. I thought that was so funny, like, because I feel like that's just, like, a running joke in Star Wars, like, the community, you know? And then them just saying that is, like, perfect. I mean, they also had that, um, uh, was it season one where they were just trying to shoot the can and they couldn't shoot it and they were, like, two feet away or whatever? Yeah, it was something like that. And it, it, Yeah, so I feel like they, like, keep making little jabs at it, but they still don't, like, learn. Their aim still sucks. Yeah, they absolutely are. And my thrall coming back in, I mean, played by Horatio Signs, a funny comedic actor, and they did a good job as episodes sort of like subverting your expectation because a lot of times when you bring the bad, the reformed bad guy along with you, they have this theory like, oh, we're waiting for him to turn on them, screw on the first chance he gets, mm-hmm. but he stays loyal the whole time. So good on him. Yeah, right. I like how the, the uh, Greek is just like, oh, I'll take 100 years off your sentence. And he's like, a 300 year sentence. And he's like, I'll add another 30. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of amusing that they're like dealing in life sentences than, you know, money or anything. Yeah, I just found it interesting that his skill set when he's keeping the books and now all of a sudden he's picking the locks of the Imperial base. It's a curious choice to bring him along. Right? They just knew he could do it, I guess. We'll just leave it with that. Yeah, so before we start this mission, by the way, of destroying the Sith base, we do have to take care of Baby Yoda because we can't bring him along this dangerous mission. Last week, we saw him hang out with the frog. This week, we see him go to school. That was, like, really, really cute. Oh, my God. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this part where they put him in the, in the, in the seat, and good for them to get the, the kid a little bit of an education. And then we had the fun moment where he's sitting next to another child who is eating what I want to call space Oreos. And I like that term. Yeah, so he's eating a space Oreos. Baby Yoda comes over, makes the noise, and is like, you want to share? And the kid's like, uh-uh. And we see basically steal the force, the cookies with the force and just he took the kid's entire rack of cookies. So my question to you is this. Was Baby Yoda being a bully there by stealing all the cookies? Hell no. In reality, (laughs) he's like what mentality like two. It's just like toddler tantrums. So, of course, he's going to use the force to get what he wants. Any toddler who had the Jedi ability or the is use the Jedi way would totally use that. I would use it now as a full grown adult, knowing the like circumstances, I would steal cookies from a child. And I don't even like, you know, regret saying that out loud. <laughs> even. Yeah. Speaking of the Arias, I know. Did you hear they're making gluten free Arias next year? Yes. I'm very excited for it. I was like, first off, they're already vegan because there's nothing like really real in there anyway. And I'm like, sucks that they're not gluten-free. And then, like, a couple weeks later, gluten-free Oreos. I'm like, perfect. I, like, let it out into the universe. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Oreo guy myself. I love all the flavors. And, like, 
I think right now the ones I have in, in my pantry, I have like the Halloween Oreos, I have caramel coconut Oreos, and I have the USA Olympic Oreos that they rebranded just American Oreos because the Olympics got postponed. <laughs> oh man, well I haven't had Oreos since 2014, so it's been a while. I'm very I'm looking forward to having an Oreo again. Yeah, it will be fun. And Yay Yoda has his Oreos, and I will say the kid who had his Oreo stolen. Very, very, like, calmly did not try and get all the Oreos back. Yeah, I guess he just he just knew, you know? Yeah. He, he saw the force being used. He didn't want to have the force being used against him. Kids are smart. Is, is this the first time we've seen Baby Yo use the force this season to get the cookies? Yeah, it definitely was. I was going to totally bring that up, too. That's the first time we saw it because I've been, like, waiting for him to use it. Like, every episode, there's, like, a spot where you're, like, he's going to use it, he's going to use it, and then nothing, and then this is the first time we've seen him use it. I feel like the theme of Baby Yoda this season is basically all about him eating. I feel like we see him eat something every single episode. That's very accurate. Like, the, when he got left with the lizard family, I was so nervous that he was going to eat the rest of those little eggs, and then, like, it's going to be bad news there. It's for Baby Yoda. Yeah, although with the with the with the rest of the eggs, when he saw the egg hatch, is when he his eyes just popped like, "Ooh, another baby!" He got so excited. He was very cute with that too. Yeah, but then part of me is like, he's just gonna eat it. I don't know. I just had like not positive thoughts for it. Yeah, I also saw. I also forgot to mention this episode early at the top of it when they're eating the broth in the ship, and we see Mando lift his helmet a bit to eat the broth, and Bay Yoda's face like, "Ooh, what's under there? I haven't seen that before." Yeah, no, it's just, like, that was really interesting because, like, he knows he'll never show his face, but, like, he trusts him enough. Like, you see, like, they're just so, they're so comfortable with each other that he's comfortable enough to eat in front of him. Because before, in the past seasons, he doesn't even eat with anybody just so he can't, because he can't remove his helmet. Yeah, he always eats on independently. I mean, even last week um, when they went to the cafe on Trask and he says, the kid will eat. I'm going to trade information. So he wouldn't eat you know, in front of all those people. He eats in front of Baby Yoda now. Yeah, I'm just curious. After his conversation with the, the, with the other, like, quote-unquote Mandalorians, if he, like, realized that his way isn't, like, the more popular way kind of deal. Like, it's a very old way of thinking. You know, I wonder if that had something slightly to do with it. Yeah. And then we get to... But then again, you know, he's comfortable with Yoda. or Baby Yoda, sorry. Yeah, he is, and we'll get to, now. We get to our mission where the four, the little strike force team, Mando, Cara Dune, Grief, and Mithril are gonna basically take down an entire Imperial base. And I thought this part was a lot of fun because I feel like we got to see a lot of different skill sets in action here. Yeah, no, it was just like it just felt like Star Wars, like you know the original three, you know three episodes, not episodes one, two, and three, but it kind of like kind of felt like a throwback to. The set, you know, the movies that came out in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, it definitely was a throw, a bit of a throwback there, and there was a lot of nostalgia in this episode between the allusions to different movies in the saga. We had another shout out, I think, to some non-canon video games, but like, I want to start out with like the moment when we see the hollow recording of the scientists who's experimenting on Baby Yoda in season one. We see him talking about mm-hmm. how they're looking, talking about the M count and they're trying you to basically make people. And we see like these clone figures in the background. My question to you is like, I don't know how, like how recently have you seen the s- sequel trilogy? Uh, 
Um, it's been a while. Um, but did you, I'm sorry to digress on this, but did you see the tweet of the actor who played the scientist? I did not. What did he say? Um, so I was like, I watched it again. I watched the episode again today. And then all of a sudden, like my Twitter page is like full of like Mandalorian stuff. Um, but I don't want to mispronounce his name, but his name, so I apologize if he ever goes out to hear this. His name's Omid Abtaki. Uh, they said fulfilled a lifelong Star Wars dream. So he tweeted, I remembered, I remember being 10 years old and seeing a hologram for the first time and thinking, cool, I want to be a hologram one day. And it's like, well, the galaxy responded. So like, it's like, I thought that was like so cool. And like, he's been a fan of like Star Wars and you know what I mean? And it's just like a nice little like side, like circle complete story. Uh, to this and I thought that was like so cool and I, I know it's super like off top like off topic basically of what we were just talking about but I thought that was like super cute and like everyone should know that <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun that was a good throwback to episode 4 with the Princess Leia hologram message my question was more about like did you see the Rise of Skywalker um which which episode is Nine. that the, the movie or something? Yeah. Nine? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. The newer the, is that the second newest one or the newest one they have? The one that came out in twenty nineteen that Stanko and I actually took a dump on because it was horrible on the podcast. Oh yeah. No, I I've actually just recently watched it uh, when it came on Disney Plus. Yeah, were you, what was the your take spring? on that? It was okay, you know. Um I was annoyed that with Finn. You know, he talked, it kept shadowing that he was like, he felt the force. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was like, you know, he had, you know, whatever. Uh, and then nothing happened with it. And then, like, just like the, how the wrap up was, like, who Ray was. And it was okay. I'm, I would, you know, I wouldn't be one person to, like, take a dump all over it. But I thought it was all right. I, you know, it wasn't my favorite at all. I mean, still episodes, what, four, five, and six are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of that, obviously, go back and listen to this podcast. It's John Stanko and I did, breaking down the end episode nine. We had our big issues with that. But one point they touched on a lot was, like, the whole Emperor Palpatine be, basically being a, resurrected as a clone and that Supreme Leader Snoke was a clone. I looks like here we're getting the background for the creation mm. of, the, of those things. It looks like we saw the floating like clone bodies in the background and it looks like they could be like a snoke prototype one of the easter eggs they played this episode was as snoke's theme was playing in the background of that scene so uh, they're giving you hints that like baby yoda's blood is used to create snoke mm. see like i heard that they it was clones and stuff i read somewhere it's just like i don't know that they were trying to like i don't know i don't want to bring it in because i feel like i read it one place and they're a hundred percent wrong but I didn't know that that was the smoke scene they were playing. But now that you say it, it's like, you know what I mean? It's just like when you point something out, you're like, oh, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think, like, it's going to be controversial because I think, obviously, when this season was filmed and written was, like, before the movie came out and the whole thing got panned. But, like, I hope they're able to find a way to seamlessly tie this in without making us remind us of all why we hate Rise of Skywalker again. Yeah, uh, imagine it's just like a army of Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to rehash nine, but like that was a big plot point. That's a big thing to watch at the rest of the scene because obviously they're trying to get the child back to make more clones and 
based on where yeah. nine ends up, you would think that maybe they succeed at some point. So that's something I want to throw out there as a theory. Mm, that's a good observation. It is a good observation. We do get a lot of fun stuff with like speeder chases. We at one point of this episode actually is interesting. You think about it. Mando says, you know what? I'm going to go back ahead and I'll catch up with you guys. He disappears in the episode for about 10 minutes, which is actually pretty nuts. This is his show. Yeah. He was gone for a majority of that. And it like the majority of the fight scene. But then, you know what I mean? It makes it, it's nice to have the ensemble taking like more of the spotlight for one. Yeah. We, he leaves. We don't see him for a little bit. We get basically grief, Kara and my throw are trying to finish off the base and, they plant the bombs. They steal a speeder, and then there we have a fun mm. the, the scene in the in the in the valley there where they're trying to escape on the speeder, and we have grief back in the gun cannon, basically doing a direct ripoff of like episode four with with, <laughs> with when he when Han and Luke were shooting off a Tie Fighter. I thought that was a uh-huh. fun, fun scene. And I do think the nostalgia they got there with the land speeders the. Troopers on the speeder bikes, the TIE Fighters. They basically give you, like, every possible sound you could ever remember from Star Wars in this episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the I feel like Ray said it, and then, um, like, um, like you said, like, Luke did, too. Uh, it's, like, it's harder than it looks like, when they're trying to, like, destroy the stormtroopers, when they're not, like, getting them and stuff, like, you know, or, you know, it's just, like, funny. Like, it's harder you do it then kind of deal. So, I feel like a couple movies have mentioned that it's just like cute to bring him back up you know yeah do you have the catch that two of the stormtroopers on the spear bikes just completely like blew themselves up landing in the in the valley oh my god that was so stupid <laughs> I, it's just like a roll your eyes just like ah, oh, stormtroopers they just suck yeah they absolutely do suck and then we do see at one point looks like they're about to win and again we get another homage to to uh, a new hope when the Razor Crest comes out of nowhere, completely rebuilt, with Baby Yoda in yep. tow, and Mando basically saves the day and destroys all the TIE Fighters to save him. I know, but it's just like, that's such classic Star Wars, like, things aren't looking good, and then all of a sudden, like, the ship comes, and it's the relief they need, and yeah. it's just like a basic little, like, their little plot lines over and over again. Yeah, I think Baby Yoda during this part of the episode was fun, too, where he you see him when they're doing <laughs> the maneuvers, and like... Mando does the ship on a crazy spin. You see him throwing his hands up in the air. He's on a roller coaster. That was great. And then he except com- for the ending part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It ends, and then he just spits up blue like space Ario cookie goo all over himself. And you know, it's just the the next meme that's gonna be like popular for a baby for the next like five months. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. It, it's just, and then like he goes right back to daddy Mando mode, and it's yeah. like so cute. Yeah. Yeah, can we get this kid a change of clothes though? Because I feel like we need to get him be able to get his his uh, real robe laundered after that. Hey, we don't know. We don't see behind the scenes. Maybe he just has a bunch of the same little robe thing. Like in the cartoons where they have the like the closet with like every <laughs> yeah. like seventy five of the same shirt. Yeah, like Mickey Mouse has the same pants and SpongeBob has the same outfit for forever. Yeah, like another, like, it's kind of similar to, like, how, like, I remember, I don't know how much of a 90s kid you were, but, like, how, like, the Power Ranger like, teenagers always wore some, their color in civilian clothes, always, always like, mm-hmm. a red shirt or, like, a pink shirt. They always wore the exact same color. Yeah. So, so maybe Yeah, that, and then that was all the, that was all the Power Rangers yeah. uh, seasons, too. 
Yeah, so like that's that's another point. But one, this is my one plot hole for the episode I want to bring up here too. Man- oh, I'm ready. Mando is gone for about ten minutes. Uh huh. Given the amount of ship damage we saw, and we saw that the Mount Kamara could not fix this thing, and we saw that it took, they just basically duct tape the whole ship. This whole mm-hmm. sequence takes place in the span of what a couple hours to when they drop him off at the school and when they're in the base. Mm-hmm. They fixed the entire Razor Crest in two hours, and it's better than it's ever been. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too today, and I'm just like, wow, they must have those two guys. I mean, I'm sure there was more, but like how Grief was like, you guys go fix that ship. And it was two guys, and one of them, you know, what I'm sure what I'm hinting at, the shady one, um, they fixed that like super fast. Hopefully, they just have like an arm, a secret army or something to fix it. Yeah, but even, like they probably just got a new ship to be honest. They're just yeah. like just bringing the old guys. No, um, no, I totally understand where you're coming from though because to me, I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, that was lucky that they fixed the ship in like an hour. Yeah, and we don't, and that base looked pretty far away. So like, how fast is he flying on his jetpack to get back there, pick up the ship, and pick up the kid, and be back in time to save them? Yeah, I mean, I will give him that, like, the episode last, I felt that, like, that jetpack went super fast when he was jumping off the ship, yeah. the Imperial ship last episode, but, no, you definitely have a, a huge point there. Yeah, so anyways, it's, it's a fun moment, they save the day, we go back to, the, go back to Navarro, and we do have an interesting, like, moment there when we see our rebel pilot friend back, for, came back from episode two, now he's coming in to check on what's going on, and he has an interesting exchange with Cara Dune on the way out, and it felt like this thing was sort of a setup here. I feel like they want to try and get Cara Dune back in the in the uh, rebellion, the new the new uh, Republic. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I just I like her there, but if if we get more Cara time, you know, I'm going to be more for that, to be honest. So I'm cu- I'm curious to see why they set set that up, set the scene for that. Yeah, I hate to break like to rain on your parade with Cara, with uh, Gina Carano here, but like considering some real world developments of her, I'd be sh- I would not be surprised to try and scale her character back a little bit going forward. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently she has said some not nice things about certain uh, <gasps> demographics of people on the internet. You know, that's really depressing because she just ruined a lovely career of hers. You know what I mean? Her career could have flourished under Cara. And now she's squashed it. Yeah, I would not be surprised if she's has a big role the rest of the season and maybe going forward they kind of roll her back a little bit. That would be my hunch with her. Yeah, well, that makes sense if she's not saying nice things. Yeah, she's not saying nice things. And we'll finish up the episode here. We mentioned our, our one of our repairmen's a spy for the Empire Imperial Remnants. They plant a tracker on the Razor Crest. Feels like a convenient plot device so we can have more fights between Mando and the, <laughs> and the Empire the rest of the way. Yeah, it's like, oh, I conveniently put this tracker on the bottom of the ship. Yeah, so you can guys show up wherever he is, and then we'll just have fights every every week. Yeah. Oh, man. I, they do use the same storyline every season, it feels like, but it's fine. It's still entertaining. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point. I want to ask you about this. Do you think that, like, the formula is a little old at this point, where every week it's like, okay, Mando comes to Planet X... He and the child find a problem. They solve the problem. They're off to the next planet. Do you think it's getting a little old? Do you think, or you think they're doing enough to keep it fresh? I mean, ugh. I mean, part of me is like, 
because I recognize this, so I must have some issue with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you know the problem, if you see the problem, you know there is a problem. Other part of me is just like, this is just entertaining every week. I'm just here to watch Baby Yoda. So it, I'm like torn between those two because like part of me is like, I know exactly what's going to happen this episode. Part of me is like, but then I don't know if Baby Yoda's going to vomit this episode and I'm going to enjoy that. So it's just like a rough, a rough thing to decide between, if that makes any sense, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to make any like claims against the Mandalorian. Like I don't make a multi-million dollar TV show, but, uh, but I'm sorry. I interrupted you about to say something. No, go. No, that's fine. I was just checking on something about the end of the episode because we do see Moth Gideon there receiving the message and we see he's on the ship and we end on him and they're building some kind of armor in the background. At first glance, I thought this looked very like Darth Vader clone-esque, but apparently this is another mm-hmm. East, another Easter egg linked to that to one of these Star Wars non-canon video games about the Death Trooper. Apparently that's the armor they were referencing there. Oh, really? See, like, I never played the Star Wars game, so I feel like I feel like I'm missing out on such a significant amount of information, you know? Yeah. Like, I barely watched Clone Wars, which I, I'm actually want to start very soon um but i thought that too and then you see the mask and it's like it doesn't look like vader yeah yeah it doesn't it's like a death these are like death troopers they were in like several of the video games that are quote-unquote legends now they're not canon but i think they're bringing some stuff in that they like i think we'll see more of these guys i would not be shocked if they're the big army we get at the end of the season that'd be fun and then i hope mando just punches the living the jesus out of Moss gideon because he's hella annoying He's not even, like, the best villain. He's just an annoying villain. Yeah, John Carlos Esposito does a, does, I think he does a good job. He makes you hate him that much. Yeah, I know. I bet you he's, like, one of the nicest people ever to meet, too. Like, that's always what happens. The more annoying and the more, like, angry I am with somebody, I feel like the more, like, the nicest person they are. Like, you know, the more nice they are kind of deal. That wasn't English, but here I am. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's basically it for the episode. Next week, we're set up for a very, very fun episode. This might be one that I the rumors going on the internet are that this is going to be Child the Jedi Chapter 13. We're, it might be close to an hour and have Ahsoka Tano debut. So there is a chance this that Episode 5 Mandalorian recap might be a special bonus episode where it comes out by itself. I feel like it might have a lot of big stuff coming. I'm very excited. And it's only Monday, but <laughs> I can't wait. Black, a perfect Black Friday thing. Wake up, order your online guests for people, watch The Mandalorian. Perfect way to recover from your turkey hangover on New Year's, on, on Thanksgiving Day. Heck yeah, and get that turkey sandwich for all the leftovers. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, I can you follow, follow on social media and keep up with some of the stuff you're up to? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, on Twitter, I'm S-E-E-R-O-S-5. Um, but I'm a little more active on Instagram, which is Escarosa175. Um, if you have any uh, issues, you can always direct message me. And I'm sure you can bother Mike if you don't understand my handles, which is totally fine, too, because I always get them wrong. Mike knows that. Mike lives through this. Um, but, yeah, that's where you can find me. You know, just Google Sanderosa and just follow whoever the first person is up there. I think that's a fun game. Yeah, and you'll be back on the podcast next week as well. We're going to be doing our NFL picks next week. We're going to talk about our miserable football teams. 
Oh yeah, yeah, gotta love it. It must be the it must be the letter J. It must curse a good football team. Yeah, our teams are combined one and nineteen this season, so that's not been a good year for us. I don't know. There's a number one before it is not zero, so there you are. <laughs> Yeah, my my guys got the zero. My guys got the zero. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got the one the first week of football. Like that's when the Jags got the win. So they just suck. Yeah, I also want to thank our other guests for this week: Zach Brazilla from the New York Post, talk college basketball. Our good friend Joe Dalvizio did the NFL picks. I also wrote a blog post this week, Sam, about the, what the Mets should do with Robinson Cano's money that they get back after the steroid suspension. Did you did you get a chance to check it out yet? Oh, I can't wait to I can't wait to read that one. Yeah, you can check it out on the blog over justsendthesuffering.wordpress.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify, Amazon too, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering on any of those platforms. You can find all our episodes there. YouTube as well, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Our conversations will be one of the ep- conversations on the podcast going up on my YouTube channel shortly. That's exciting. I can't wait. It will be a lot of fun, and, and people are checking out the YouTube channel. I put up Pete's conversation about Frog Ladies episode. We did get a decent number of hits. Oh, that's so exciting. Gotta love Pete. Pete's one of the best people. Yeah, we might be hearing from Pete again on The Mandalorian before the end of the season. That's a tease, folks. Oh, man, you give, you give your uh, listeners such good insider information, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we do. You can also leave your feedback and starring as well. It makes this podcast even better going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter if you have questions about Sam Tandles or I have a conversation about what's going on in this episode. You can follow me there, mphillips331. I'm trying to get up to that 300 follower mark. So if you guys could hop on and follow train, that'd be great. And that will do it for the episode. Coming up next week on the podcast, we're going to do our Mets offseason preview. We're going to do the NFL picks with Sam. We're going to have some more fun. I'll tell you, I hope you have a better week than the Ravens fans. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.